I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to the Living History UK podcast, a podcast for the discerning and knowledge-hungry historians out there. You can support our podcast and get much more from Living History UK by joining our Patreon from just £1. And by doing so, you'll be a part of an ever-growing community and really help to make a difference as we strive to keep history alive. But for now, enjoy this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Living History UK podcast. It's been a while, four weeks to be precise, but I'm joined today's episode by Mr. Danny Rees. Danny, how's things and what have you been up to? Hiya, Steve. Yeah, I think I think all those of you in the in the UK living history circuit, this has been the busy show season. I know for ourselves, we've had we've had three events on the bounce. To be fair, we've had military odyssey, victory show, and the We Have Ways festival. To be fair, it's been nice to be popping back into work to have a recharge for a few hours. It seems like every every weekend we've been away or doing something. But those of you who know, we're not just stuck in World War Two tread so to speak we've actually been doing something else and that's what the purpose of this podcast today is to talk about a new venture for some of us especially myself and that is going into steve's first love and that's the english civil war <laughs> yes it is indeed uh, my, my first one i mean gosh starting back out 2008 in the english civil war it was something always interested in when i was a kid but uh after only a couple of years of doing reenactment english civil war there was a, a sort of huge break until so last year when I picked up the reins of the English Civil War again, and people like Joe Bristol, good friend of ours, Pete Neal as well. We all know, we all know Pete Neal. Um, who doesn't? <laughs> Autographs are available. Um, got all back involved, putting a group together to portray the English Civil War. But then we also enticed Danny into the English Civil War. We twisted his arm. And I have to say, I know this is, is very much against the grain for you, Danny, because really you look more World War One onwards rather than backwards. Um, so English Civil War is, is a new period to you, we know, but why is it a new period? What's what's made you, what's fired you up to uh, get delving into this incredible uh, period of British history? I think it's, it's the the injuries I've received from the arm twisting behind my back that's made me come and do it. 
Um, but no, I think it's, I think it's important for all living historians slash reenactors that you can get very stuck in your ways. You know, for example, I know guys who've done British Airborne at Arnhem and they've reenacted it for 20 plus years. They know every single detail. I believe it's important sometimes just to break away and do something totally different because it re-energizes you and re-energizes you. You're searching new subjects. You're looking at new books. You're looking at new source material and you're learning new ways. The English Civil War, I find fascinating because the reference material out there is actually quite sparse. Yes, you've got the excellent books by Peachy. I've got his The Soldier's Life right in front of me. But, you know, it's not, there's no, there's no period films, photographs, veterans' accounts. Yes, there is veterans' accounts, but it's different wording. And it's also several hundred years of editing and altering. But it's the English Civil War for me. I've enjoyed it, and most of all, because the in-depth amount of research you've got to do, and also thinking of the practical ways of life, you know, how people at the time didn't have much money, how they had to buy things that would last them for a long time. Yes, it might be from my agricultural surroundings and background, but thinking of an agricultural labourer, what he'd find most useful. Exactly that. And it's a massively interesting period of history, not just because of what happened in politics and, and the wars and so forth, but the sort of social upheaval, you know, that classic neighbour fighting neighbour and brother against brother and all that kind of stuff. But but just just imagining what life would have been like then is just, you know, unimaginable really. But one of the beauties of this period is rather than looking at a, let's say, as a juxtaposition, you know, Vietnam, if you're interested in that kind of period, then, you know, you don't have battlefields on your doorstep, unless you live in Vietnam, of course. Um, Whereas here in, you know, Britain, of course we do, you know, only a few miles down the road from me, skirmish shots the English Civil War. Uh, from Danny, Herefordshire, you know, recently went and covered the Battle of Poet Bridge. Um, Battle of Worcester as well is pretty much on the same ground. So there is evidence of, you know, battles and, and places that you can engage with local history really, really all, all around all around us. But the first event for you, Danny, was uh, at my fabulous workplace. And I'm, I'm not saying that just because I'm paid to say it. Um, but it genuinely is one of my sort of first places where I started reenacting Napoleonic Middleton Hall. Um, I'm lucky enough to work there. It's an incredible place, a real lovely slice of local history. But mid-August when we went there, uh, if your memory serves you well, Danny, it was your it was your first uh, English Civil War or Wars of the Three Kingdoms event. What what was it like coming into this completely new sort of time period, doing a time warp? I think it's always pre-event nerves. Um you know, whatever area you do, you've got the first event. How oh, I got the kit right? Am I going to wear it right? You've prepped the kit as best you can using your own, you know, your own resourcefulness or you know your own backgrounds or whatever. And you, you just want to make sure you get it right. You know, you obviously you spoke to people and the, the horrors of talking to people over the internet and messages back and forth between guys of the groups. You know, nothing beats getting together and actually physically getting together and talking about the key. You know, what is the best way to wear? you know, your kit and how to actually try it on. You've, you've obviously, you've bought your kit or you've lent bits of kit off of others. And it's just getting into that natural froze of actually how they'd wear it day to day. Um, I, I, I deeply enjoyed it. You know, it's, it's something different. It's, I know what we're trying to do with Lord Brooks is we're trying to do the more living history side of it rather than the beer and bash side of it. And that's what I think I've enjoyed, the the simplicities of, of that early living and in the, in, the, in the fabulous surroundings of your workplace, you know, nothing beats you know, in the evening, walking around in kit, walking around the buildings, you know, it, this, the site naturally sets itself up for that era of, of living history. 
Indeed it does, except for the mosquitoes, which uh, seem to uh, seem to like us for some reason. But uh, maybe they're maybe they're royalists rather than parliamentarian. Who knows? They're always attacking us. Um, but yeah, you've alluded to it perfectly. Uh, that kind of approach, that award-winning formula, in terms of you know we apply it to our World War Two living history in World War One, uh, Napoleonic over the years, but applying that mindset of genuine living history to the uh, to the Wars of the Three Kingdoms era. It, it just works. And having, as you said, you know, a lovely immersive uh, environment to surround yourself in is is always really nice because I have to admit, the, the, the older I get, and I think I'm getting a bit cranky, nothing really excites me about just setting a tent up in the middle of a featureless field anymore. You know, I, used to, I got very, very quickly sick of, you know, Napoleonic battles fighting over a flat piece of uh, lawn. You know, it gets boring. There's nothing to it. When you've got buildings to immerse yourself in and really you know, bring those sort of uh, buildings to life in that environment, it just makes for a much better uh, kind of experience. But Lord Brooks is the regiment, as Danny said. It's been set up by our very good friend Joe Bristol. He's now on his second mention of the podcast. Um, good job we're not going to break any Ofcom advertising rules there, but I mentioned him twice. But yeah, Lord Joe Bristol set up Lord Brooks' regiment of foot. Um, Lord Brooks is a very encapsulated history was uh, the parliamentarian uh, sort of poster boy in the first half of the uh, well in the in the first half of the first uh, civil war to be precise he was a parliamentarian resided at Warwick Castle and he was seen as the natural successor um for um I've completely forgotten his name uh, Robert Devereux of course that was the the leader of the uh, parliamentarian forces in the first throes of the civil war so if, if you're looking to get involved in in the uh, sort of English civil war era I need to keep saying Wars of the Three Kingdoms, really, um, to be more precise. But if you want to get involved in that kind of living history, then find Lord, Lord Brooks Regiment because it's um, it's a new slant on living history and a new new approach to English Civil War. Dare I mention in the sealed, not done it. Well, sorry, I remember as a child when I you know, first you know, was awoken to the world of living history slash reenacting that somebody at the end of my road would always fill up the top of their estate car with pikes. And I always remember that being strapped to the top. And you know, obviously at that era, at that age, I was more interested in World War II. But now I have a true appreciation of the logistics of moving twenty-foot pikes on the top of an estate. <laughs> it's it it is a fascinating area. For example, I, you know, I've only come to this era with with fresh eyes, empty eyes, as it so to speak, and an empty mind on it. But you know, listening to the Cavalier cast, I know it's fantastic listening. But it's, you said it, there is battlefields on your doorstep, and now literally going past Poet Bridge, which I do literally once a week or so, I go past there. I'm I'm now thinking of how the army would fight in the UK. I think so often we look outside the box, and now we're doing this area, looking inside the box. It's it's absolutely fascinating. And the kit as well. I I I've totally come into this going from the days of um you know a uh, thirty-seven pattern webbing, oh eight webbing, you know, oh three pattern bandolier equipment and PLCE and fifty-eight pattern webbing, and now looking at leather work and who does the best leather work and who does the best, uh, you know, does best swords and who's the best to get a reproduction tower sword from. Um, and, and personal eating equipment here, it's not mess tins. We have to look at wooden bowls. Who has the best place to get ceramics from? You know, the joys of trawling eBay on a night shift during designated break, obviously, um, but. It's it's it is a fascinating era, and, and you see, the average soldier didn't care about politics. Same as today, you're not really cared about well who's in political power for most eras. But you're looking at it from the average working man who's been called up, heard rumours. Again, there's no mass in media. He's only hearing rumours of what's going on in the rest of the country, or altered rumours. 
And and he's fighting for his cause, or fighting forever pays him the most. Dare I say? And and that's what the beauty of Brooks is as well. When Joe came up with the idea, I know that he, he, both he and I had sat on this idea for a few years. We doubled it, uh, put it together in the past, but never came to fruition. But when he when he finally took the jump and said, "Actually, let's do it," he, he was very keen and quite rightfully so to have um, the the approach of, "Well, let's not get get a uniform." like uh, you know many groups do okay if you do new model army different but we're looking at primarily that the first throws of the first civil war so 1642 to be precise we're just looking at you know what what, what were civilians wearing you know if, if you were just a you know an ordinary farm laborer what sort of clothing would you have um if you were you're slightly better off then, then what would you be what would you be eating for instance food is a huge part of it as well everyone knows i'm a massive fan of world war ii rations and so forth but it's really interesting getting into um, the soldier's life. Um, Stuart Peachy, fantastic book. Danny mentioned Stuart earlier. He's been a, a real fantastic help for us, researching it, helped us with patterns and so forth. Uh, we're going to be seeing him at Armand, uh, well, the, the Artisans and Reenactors Market, that is, uh, in November. But it, it's kind of having that whole sort of lived experience rather than just saying, like Beer and Bash, like we mentioned. Rather than saying, oh, we're going to go to this event on the weekend, um, we're going to spend all our time in civvies except for the battle, and we're going to drink loads of beer uh, and sit in our caravan. You know, okay, if that's what you want to do, fine, get on with it. Happy days, as long as you're happy. But I'm always, nowadays, looking for something a bit more. Like, we all, we're all cut from the same cloth, the same broad cloth in that sense. Um, or freeze cloth, just to, for another sort of analogy. Um, it's, um, you know very much a case of let's do uh let's do something different let's let's take the hobby to to the nth degree and really you know, sort of push the envelope as the yanks would say you know it's something different um but we've got some great events coming up haven't we danny so what's the uh what's the first sort of civil war event that springs to mind uh for you well i believe we're going to give avoncroft a multi-period one ago aren't we as a civil war um, I, I've come coming to this totally new, so I don't really know many of the major mu- major musters. I think is the term used. Um, I, I think I even some of the multi periods, but I am looking forward to Tom. I want to shake uh, Stuart's hand and say because his books. I've come into this totally new. I'm reading his book. It is every man's book. You could everyone can read it and understand. You know, you read online on forums. People mean, oh, you can't wear startup boots. You can't wear the big boots. You got to have. Uh, the shoes, and I think about well, an agricultural labourer will wear shoes because they'd last five minutes if you're in the field. You know, and it's, I think it's a fascinating era. And I'm going to say, I'm looking for, mostly looking forward to actually, I'd love to go to one of the major musters actually on some of the battlefields. Yeah. Um, an amazing experience as well. My first uh, civil war event I did in my first living history event was at a place called Lowesley Park near Guildford. And that was a major muster for the sealed knot. And I remember now the feeling of going onto the field and coming over the brow, brow of the hill. I was a pikeman. No armour, just plain clothing, nice and simple. Um, suited me ideally. Uh, came over the brow, brow of the hill, saw the parliamentarian army formed up in front of me. And it was just one of those moments I can still, I'm visualising it now in my mind's eye. And it, it will stay with you forever because it is so amazing. But then you very quickly realise getting involved in that battle of just how chaotic it was uh, or could have been, I should say, for the, the guys who are actually involved. Um, you have the fog of war. You get disorientated because you're like, well, who's actually on our side because we're all wearing the same clothes? It's a great research tool. It's really interesting. Um, it's definitely something we're going to do as Brooks Regiment, probably with the English Civil War Society, I'd say. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd implore anyone who's who's interested in the period to to go and give it a go because it is genuinely amazing. And what also springs to mind is when I did Waterloo in 2015 
200th anniversary that was an incredible experience just not you know authenticity to the side of certain groups and so forth you know put that push that all to one side tactics to one side to a degree when you just look at the sheer numbers that are surrounding you it is you, you almost have your george wide open taking it in you're like wow this is actually pretty pretty mad really so yeah we've got to go and do that it's definitely on the cards but another event that we're planning is the 1642 immersive event which is going to be held uh, at a place called Little Woodham in April next year. And this is going to be a genuine living history event uh, where we're going to be, have Lord, Lord Brooks Regiment there with the local sort of populace very much on the royalist side. We're going to spend 48 hours living in this village as authentic as we we can. And it's going to be run really with the same award-winning formula, dare I say, as the, as the Trench event had um, just over two years ago. So that's going to be a real, real cool immersive event but danny looking back to middleton uh last month blimey just about four weeks ago now i think it was <laughs> nearly five weeks ago um <laughs> you had to go uh, as a pikeman uh but also as a musketeer so what was that like absolutely fantastic i mean to be fair learning some of the, the, the drills and i can understand why people would always you know the gentleman of the pike you know it is it is like a, a, a you know like arm you know those of you who've served or have done any form of arms drill you can really take those snapshots back to that era, you know, saying, you know, some of the orders are very close to modern orders and it's that discipline. Yeah, yes, it's not the same when there's two or three or four of you, but when you think about the blocks of pikemen, yeah, you know, I'm learning all these terms now, blocks of pikemen of, say, 10 by 10, it'd been unbelievable seeing that number of, you know, synchronised pike movements. And the musket as well, it's very safety conscious. Obviously, we're dealing with black powder and open flame at the end of the day, but watching those drills being carried out and being conscious that that had been done in mass blocks as well, obviously before the skirmishes getting on, it is it, it, fascinating to watch that discipline to do it as well. You know, I know we've all watched World War II battles where you, you seem to have a, a German force with an MG 42 and 5,000 rounds of ammo and it blatting it off. Like it's, it's, it's the first, first 10 minutes of saving private Ryan, but it, it is a dis- more disciplined battle. And I do, I do enjoy learning those skills and drills and, and trying to a lot of time trying to switch off a lot of the modern stuff out of my mind when <laughs> doing pike drill but i am actually to be fair really looking forward to the immersive event my my days of going to an event in civvies have long gone i, I if i go to an event I, those of you who know i'm a classic car owner i, I have willis jeep and a land rover i hate going to shows and parking up like an asda it does not interest me i put a vehicle i put on display i'm in kit as well Otherwise, I may as well be walking around town in civvies. It doesn't interest me, but immersive events. Those of you out there need to do an immersive event. Knock on your railway events on the head. Don't go to one of the bigger shows. Save up your money and get involved with immersive events because you'll learn more about the era that you're interested in in that 48 hours than you will from walking up and down the railway for a couple of hours and eating an overpriced burger. So really get involved with them. Like I can't recommend them enough. How we did it at We Have Waste Festival those of you who sin, we were doing the second SAS on Operation Wallace. We were living in the woods. We made a little camp. And after a couple of days, you find, especially, you get into the rhythm of life. And it's quite interesting to get into that rhythm to see how the kit would work over a couple of days. You know, even a couple of days at Middleton Hall, I realized that my undershirt with Civil War made a fantastic sleeping shirt at night because it's so long. You know, and shout out to the tailors who made it, you know. No, no, uh, no advertising there who made it. But- it's a year that Civil War kicked off, um, but it's it's it is. It, I think it's really really important. I don't know about you, Steve. I know you've done a lot of immersive stuff with the Napoleonics, but 
do you find that as well like after a couple of days you seem to get more into the rhythm of life if you're living eating and sleeping in the kit 100 uh, percent, no doubt about it um doesn't matter what period you do whether you do not that i've done it but whether you do stay in age or whether you do um falklands let's say um or you know gulf war or whatever as soon as you've got into that immersive environment and you're you know just sort of living out of a shelter or a building or just living in a slit trench let, let's say you very very quickly adapt to life you make the kit work for you you wear the kit for you rather than you just wearing the kit you really live in it and do you know what it's an amazing research tool as well um a guy uh, at We Have Ways Fest, and we'll talk about it on another podcast because the last few events have been amazing. I need their own episodes. But just as an example, one guy, he actually said to me, it's um, you know, very much a case of it being experimental archaeology, what you guys are doing. And I said, I'm so pleased that you've said that because that is how we see it, and that's how I've seen it for years. You know, when you see guys in the First World War with their helmets on a real slant, for instance, you think, oh, that looks, you know, looks like you look like a bus driver, you look ridiculous, you know. But the guys did it because if it's raining, rather than it just running off the brim down the rain cape, if it's late war, it just runs off onto the shoulder. You know, there's there's a reason why they do it. It's practical. And you think, ah, when you see the photo next, that's why they did it. So you try it and you're like, yeah, that's why. It's very much a case of making the kit work for you. So yeah, I'd implore anyone, if you've, if you've never done an immersive event, go and do it. Uh, you don't have to go and live in the woods off grid for 48 hours. You can do something like the, I think it's the American Eagle Society, American Civil War, went to Fort Amherst at the weekend, just gone. And they took over Fort Amherst as a kind of artillery battery, did a load of foot drill. They lived in the buildings authentically. Um, so it's not something that's confined to the summer months. You can do it all year round. You can do it with one person. You can do it with a thousand people. It's, you know, okay, public can go. It's probably best if the public don't because it ruins the immersive experience, as our friend Sean Warren would say. Um, but it's very much a case of do it. And, um, you know, you'll learn so much, not just about the kit you're wearing, as I've mentioned, but you'll also learn a lot about yourself and your friends as well. I think so, yeah. The important thing is, well, if you want to try a new era or try, you know, like the Civil War stuff, don't be afraid to reach out to groups. Lots of kits have lending equipment that, you know, I know, I know all Bristol's garage is filling up with stuff. So if anyone wanted to join Lord Brooks, recruiting hint here, drop him a message because I'm sure we can – kit bash you some stuff together to just give it a go you might find say like the civil war stuff i thought oh, i'll give it a go you know and i've actually really enjoyed it i'm you know continually researching it now and want to do more and better kit and, you know applying for a shotgun license so i can have a musket and you know, join the firing line so to speak but i think it's really important to you guys and girls out there just give it a go really just get this approach your group drop a message on facebook or you know, those other social media platforms Give them a message and say, look, I, I fancy giving this a go. Or, or talk to people at shows. We're not all scary scary monsters at shows. You can speak to us and ask us the most most simple question, and we will be more than happy to speak to you about it, you know, or we'll point to another member of the group who's a bit more senior who might know. But it, it's, I, think, I think the COVID years have a lot to answer for with our social networking and talking to each other. But at shows next year, if you see us, especially see Lord Brooks, we'll be more than happy to bore you to death about the variations in kit. Yes, more than happily. We'll waste many an hour with that. But I know from a selfish point of view as well, just picking up on the last point, when it comes to you know immersive events and just doing any event, really, it's I find it really useful, no matter what the period, when we go out and make documentaries. So we can talk with a little bit more authority on what you know a soldier's, a soldier's kit is, but also understand you know how 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 could an army move and march you know wearing that kit because you know a soldier from you know 1640 
wouldn't be wouldn't necessarily be able to cover as much distance as well definitely would be able to cover as much distance as a soldier from you know 1944 you know with a jeep let's say so you start to learn a lot more about the capabilities of each soldier you know the, the foods that powered them as well it it's a really interesting insight like i've said it's experimental archaeology and it's uh it's something that I'll, I'll be doing probably till, you know, the day I, I finally pass, to be honest. But it'll be uh, moving on to home guard by the time I'm 50, I think, if I'm being realistic. I can't quite get away with uh, being, you know, sort of a uh, 30-year-old squaddy much longer. But uh, but there we go. But yeah, there's lots in the pipeline coming up. You're really, really going to be looking forward to the episodes. I know I am, for sure, um, that, are, that are coming out. So we're going to do an episode that combines Military Odyssey, Peter's favourite event, of course, Victory Show, which is one of the, my highlight events of the year. And also, we have Ways Fest. And spoiler alert, we have Ways Fest is new, my new favourite event of the year, notwithstanding the Living History UK Festival. Yeah, I see. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Also, remember, guys, we have our YouTube channel, so you'll be seeing a lot a lot more on our YouTube channel. Now I've got this bug under my, my skin of Civil War, the, 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 the mighty battle bus will be travelling in lots of breadth of the country because I even want to visit these sites that Steve's already been to and talk about it. So <laughs> make sure that you tune into the YouTube as well to make sure you get all our latest ones because we have just been talking about offline beforehand before coming onto this podcast. We're going to the English Civil War Centre. I've never, I never knew about it before. I want to go there now. I want to learn about it. So remember, guys. Until next time, keep history alive. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, then why not send us a PayPal donation? All donations help us pay to host the podcast and for us to create new content for your enjoyment. Furthermore, if you would like to submit a question or even a subject matter for the podcast, join Patreon and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. The links are in our bio. Until next time, keep history alive. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.